0: Hello. You're listening to episode 11 of the Roasting Room Soundboard podcast, hosted by Jordan Ross, Todd Cowart, and Trevor Harden. In this episode, we talk to Griffin House about his upcoming show, discuss the Kim Ritchie and Jay Edwards show from the previous weeks, get sad with T.W. Walsh, and reminisce about the week prior, all while sampling a fine Michter's straight rye. Let's begin. Welcome, everyone, to the Roasting Room Soundboard podcast. I am Jordan Ross.
1: I am Todd. Cowart. and Trevor. And Trevor Harden. <laughs> no,
0: Trevor's not here.
1: There is no Trevor today.
0: Trevor is is battling some kind of an illness. Man, he's he's down.
1: Well, it's it's not terminal or chronic. No, it's no, just, no. It's yeah, just he's something very, 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 very a flu or something. So he'll be something. back. Something.
0: Anyway, yeah. yeah, we we missed Trevor. His seat
1: is is sat. It's just empty. It's empty. It's just empty over there. We we have a microphone set up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a microphone waiting for you, Trevor, just in case you. Get better, quickly, when yeah. yeah. you want to show up. Miss you.
0: Anyway, well, let's dig right in since since Trevor can't add any, any of his wit or wisdom. So this week we have got Danger Muffin on Friday night. Danger Muffin. Danger Muffin. It's a great name. Where is Danger Muffin from? Charleston. Cool. Uh, I think they're just north of Charleston, one of the islands around that area. They are coming in with, I think they're just bringing their three-piece. Uh, Matt Eckstein is opening for them, who they're now buddies. They've been they've been coming down and, and they've been playing Savannah a couple of times. They've already sold fifty five tickets, friends.
1: There's only twenty left. People are selling pre sales. Telling you, man, they're
0: loving their Danger Month. I
1: wonder what percentage is at the door these days. It seems like it seems like pre sale is is where it's happening. It's happening.
0: It's happening. And we'll t- we'll talk about uh, the Jay Edwards experience from from last week, and I'll tell you how that was totally different All right, we'll I'm talk a, about that I'm
1: yeah. going to stick around for that yeah, okay. you,
0: you stay tuned there Todd uh, but yeah Danger Muffin's coming on Friday we're going to listen to one of my favorite songs of theirs this, this goes back a ways it's the title track on Moonscapes this song is I don't know what it I don't know what it is about it and it doesn't really sound like their new stuff but it is so chill it is, it's just awesome let's hear it I love this song Moonscapes Danger Muffin love danger muffin
2: they sound great
0: i yeah, love them that
1: cool band they're intricate they've got this really chill vibe yeah that line that was some real writing yeah no oh doubt. yeah if they've been here this will
0: be their second time here
1: that they've just released their sixth album that's qu- quite a lot man that's good yeah they've been doing it for a while they're prolific yeah okay. for sure
0: yeah med coming he's going to be doing just a solo um situation opener
1: ticket price 15
0: we have cool. very, very few tables left. And back in the corner, there's a, there's a two-top in the corner, and there's a four-top
1: right by the stage that's still open. Roastingroomlounge.com. People are finding it. And dangermuffinmusic.com. You can check out some more information about Danger Muffin, and uh, they, they, they definitely are pros. They've got it together, and their music sounds great, and, yeah, they, they're, they're on the road a lot.
0: Saturday, we've got the Trongoni Band. Trongoni. They're coming in from Richmond, Virginia. This is kind of the one-two punch for Midwood Entertainment, which is the booking agency, the managing agency that takes care of Danger Muffin, Trungoni Band, Dead Twenty Sevens, uh-huh. Forlorn Strangers. Cool. This, this is these are my people. Well, I, I love d- these guys.
1: You, you trust them? I trust them. Yeah,
0: I trust Rusty Cole and Micah Davidson. Those guys know what they're doing. They have the same kind of, you know, it's all it's all in the southeast. They're not. Pulling from people all over the place, but these guys are all total pros.
1: That's good that you hooked in with a good, Yeah,
0: you know, not agent, but what
1: is it? I guess he is. their yeah. agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
0: they're booking agents. Yeah. I mean, I, they, that's what they do. The Trongoni band is coming in. They are a four-piece band. That's what it looks like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Straight, just rock and roll, roots rock. It looks like they're traveling around sort of the South Carolina, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're on the road quite a bit as well. Pros, man. They do it, man. Pros. I love it.
0: And Andrew and Johnny Trongoni are the brothers in the band. Aha. Uh-huh. Those guys are good. Oh, they were here six months ago? They
1: played here before. Okay. Yeah. Good.
0: And they had 60 people up here the nice. last time they played. Well,
1: it they, they are Southern rock and Americana jam. I mean, that's going to... People seem to Bo- like that in the South, Southern They rock. do, <laughs> and they hit really hard. Do they have an opener on Trongoni Band? Nope, An Evening with
0: the Trongoni and Band. Trongoni. Saturday Night. And you night. can
1: spell that T-R-O-N-G-O-N-E. Trongon. Yeah, trongonband.com if you want to check out more information about them online as well. Yeah. Should be a good rock and roll show Absolutely. on Saturday night.
0: I, I was I was here for the whole show. In fact, I ran sound for them the first time. And I was like, jaw on the floor, like, these guys are so good at cool. what they do. He was playing through my little, through our backline amp, which is a 64 black-faced Viberchamp Fender.
1: That's what you have for backline? Yeah. What? Where'd you get that?
0: I, it was through a series of events, but I was able to get <laughs> a it. A series of events? <laughs> what, it was like like breaking a car window? <laughs> no. <not> you know. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's kind of a long story, but I got it from a guy that knows a guy. <laughs>
2: It sounds like
1: breaking a car window I Did not break any car window. <laughs> okay. That's
0: good. Totally above board. Good. I paid money to get
1: it. Yeah, well, you should. That's an amazing yeah. amp. Yeah. I haven't Very seen it. Very amazing
0: one. amp. It's only like a what I don't know when those 15 watt maybe? Not even 15. Yeah, yeah, it's like a 10 to 12. I don't know. Perfect for this room, though. It breaks up. Absolutely. Right and he he played a full-on rock and roll show through that little 15-watt amp and blew people's doors off cool i really was glad that he played it because he's a very good front man type of guitarist i didn't realize how well made those kind of amps were that was that's a practice amp sure everybody yeah that's really a practice amp when, when that was bundled with a tiny little like a little mini fender it, it was i don't even know what it was called it wasn't
1: what well, it was, it was 64 that's is 64 that what you said? it was yeah. it was
0: the first year that they made that style of Viber Champ.
1: yeah but yeah. it came with like a little like a little
0: like a kids guitar like a kids fender i would have loved to have the guitar as well cuz that thing's probably worth more than the
1: amp is yeah maybe
0: from the early 60s it was it was small though it was really like a like a Kid size Fender Strat, really.
1: We got to watch out. We're going to end up on a gear tangent here. <laughs> we don't. We don't need the to gear. go down that gear <laughs> tangent road. Yeah. But anyway,
0: he played through that tiny, tiny little amp and crushed it. And it sounded like he was playing in an amphitheater. It was awesome. Cool. Was well, awesome. I mean, that's low wattage. That's what yeah, they do. right? It's insane. It's cool. They're gonna. They're gonna come and bring. They're gonna bring it. Bring it. Both of those shows this week are only fifteen bucks.
1: And there's only about twenty tickets left for for either show. So.
0: Danger Muffin, we still have tickets for Trongoni. Or you do have some trunk yeah. trungoni. Yeah, we've got about about twenty-five or so sold. That's good. So we still got plenty of room left. Let me see if I can find just a quick clip of Trungoni. So I don't even really know what to pick. I'm just gonna pick the first track. Do it. The track is called Blind off of Keys to the House.
1: love those guys. Yeah, I wasn't ex- I wasn't expecting keys. I don't yeah. know, I just assume four guys you'd think, you know, drums, bass, gu- two guitars, but no, it's drums, bass, guitars, keys. Jeez.
0: Nice. Yeah. This is the only album that they have. The last time they were here, they were playing all of the songs that were on this album, but they didn't have anything to show for it. They were they were announcing the fact that they were making this album, but this is their f- it's like debut release.
1: It's cooked. Ready for mass consumption. Totally. Trongoni, that's it. Does sound really good. Southern rock, whiskey infused is what they say. Are you ready for the segue? Ready. Speaking of whiskey,
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm the. I feel kind of like a, <laughs> like what, I'm all by myself. Where here. did it go? Well, I had some and I drank it all.
1: Where did Keep it, talking. Jordan is uh, drinking solo tonight. I don't know. I I, I uh, have a an ear infection. I went on vacation last week. I, oh, we should talk about that too, Jordan. We yeah, we yeah. we missed the first week. Jordan and Trevor said they were going to do it and they let me down. I was on vacation refreshing my iPod app, waiting to find a new roasting room soundboard podcast you to listen man. to and it wasn't available.
0: The reason why is I got a text from Trevor, the dog day of ate, and the said, dog
1: ate my what?
0: Exactly. <laughs> the dog ate my podcast. <laughs> Trevor Trevor texted me and said, "Man, I am out, bro. I am down for the count. I can't yeah. even get out of bed." He's got he's That's been how having sick the he funk. He so, I couldn't do it by myself. That would have been weird. So
1: It's weird enough with just me and you. I can only imagine what one person would be. That would be an interesting podcast. Anyway. All right. But anyway, so what are we sipping on there, there Jordan?
0: I'm doing Michter's straight rye. I'll stick my nose in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm Sorry on, about the, I'm ear on infection the wagon bit. this week. Yeah. It's Sorry like,
1: I well, I went, you know, I was on vacation swimming in a lake, and I don't know why. I got an ear infection like a three year old or something. <laughs> <laughs> because. You know,
0: bacteria is just all I, over the place I, I guess I don't know
1: but yeah it was, it, it was really tough like wearing in your monitors when you have an ear infection ouch oh, that sounds horrible uh, it was not fun no it's the last couple gigs have been, been brutal yuck but whatever it's going away now so I'm good
0: so you're wearing ears
1: at your gigs yeah yeah I started doing that yeah. uh, just anyway beca- just because I'm crazy like that <laughs> <laughs> you are you're <laughs> <I figure> totally <laughs> crazy I figure
0: let's bring out some more stuff let's not even talk about all right, um, it let's go somewhere else make straight rye um, straight rye it's, it's quite good. On the spot, I would say there's a, there's a little bit of...
1: Uh, well, I'm, I'm playing Trevor, so I got to There's a little Google bit it. of
0: spice. Uh, there's some good spice notes. Um,
1: there's some gasoline in there. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to have um, Josh from the ro- roasting room um, come up and, and listen tonight. And I guess he got hung up in something, but people who are listening to the podcast and have been here certainly know that the roasting room is on top of... It's the second floor of the Corner Perk coffee house and so josh is the entrepreneur who's brought all this to life but um yeah well josh was saying that maybe we could do a little bit of of cross promotion a little better so josh is now offering for any of our loyal roasting room uh soundboard podcast listeners a free cup of coffee from now until small free small cup of coffee from now from now until uh labor day just to see if, because uh, we have no analytics, and let's sure. throw it out there and let's see if some people come in. So come on in and pick up a free small coffee. All you have to do is say, "I heard Josh said that we can have a cup of coffee if we listen to the podcast." So come on cool. in. Cool.
0: As long, okay. So if, as long as you mention podcast, podcast, and coffee,
1: podcast, you're good.
0: Podcast. So if you go up and say podcast, yeah, to, to the cashier, they'll be like,
1: <laughs> "What?" But if you just say, give me my free coffee, damn it. That, <laughs> <laughs> that won't work. You have to be nice, too. Okay. So, so free coffee, please. Please would be good. Because yeah. I was told to on the podcast. Right. So loyal listeners, come on out. Grab a cup. Get you some. And speaking milk. of that, we, uh, being that we're all dads and, and we're transitioning into the fall school season, uh, we're probably going to move it from Wednesday nights to maybe in the mornings next week. So we'll be recording. We'll probably switch from whiskey to uh, to some of the Co- Corner Perk special roasts of Definitely. coffee. For, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, too. It'll change the dynamic. It'll yep. be a little bit more jacked up and less chill, maybe.
0: We'll, we'll be talking a lot faster. Jesus! <laughs> although, I <will laughs> although I will say I'm starting to get some good tasting notes. I'm getting apricot. I'm getting, apricot? Van- I'm getting vanilla. Okay. I'm getting um, raisin. Big fan. I Every, like it a lot.
1: Everybody likes the rye. Everybody it's likes just, the rye. It's just, I don't just, know what it is. It's better. It's you just know, better, for it? it's, it's better. It's better for you. It's better for you. Yeah. It's got more vitamins. <laughs> yes, more vitamins. And <laughs> electrolytes. I think those are the all two of, things. Yes, that it's all got. of those things are in here in this class. <laughs> Tasting too. notes. It's on the sweeter side for mm-hmm. a rye, mm-hmm. where you're going to like this with caramel. Yep. So that's good. Caramel. And vanilla, mingling with blackberry, cherry, and warm cinnamon. Okay. After a few minutes in the glass, I noticed a little more pepperiness. Okay. There you go. I'm with them. You got you were on there with got, the I fruit got, with the raisin. the raisin. I got that, raisins. That's, that's close, man. It's close. We're yeah. gonna go raisins, black cherries. Yeah, cinna- cinnamon,
0: cinnamon, cinnamon, raisin cookies.
1: Exactly. It's like it's a, what it tastes like. It's like <laughs> good stuff. Mixture's rye. Mixture's rye. And ask straight for it, rye. Ask for it by name. Yeah. And it's on the ten dollar shelf. Is that right? That shelf. is on
0: the that is on the eight dollar shelf. $8 That's on the, shelf.
1: the second shelf. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: So, let's talk about two weeks ago.
1: Let's talk about
0: it because we didn't do a podcast last week and we missed out on talking about Kim
1: Ritchie's show. I know you were passionate about this. Ritchie. I was passionate. I, I, I still it. am passionate I, I about how in.
0: amazing her show was. Okay, so I was here. Sat at table B-41 with my dad, who flew in from Ohio to watch that show. That's right. And loved every second of it. Also sat with Rick and um, his wife, Rebecca Weathers, who play at our church. Rick plays 12-string.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: Anyway, she brought uh, three other guys with her. So it was a four-piece total. um, And just slayed it. I mean, consummate professional everybody was on the edge of their seats. pin drop type situation and those guys only played with her twice total. They could have played with her for 10 years. I pros, mean they're, they're yeah. Nashville pros. Yeah. They know what they were doing. They sounded like and this is what this is what Rick said. He said that they sounded like the Eagles with a female front woman. Wow. Yeah. And I agree. Their their harmonies were super tight. Three-part harmony. Of course, her writing is is through the roof good. So it, it fit the room perfectly. Wow. That whole show. 62 people were up in here, so that was really cool as well to see it. People show up to that kind of show. That's totally great. positive.
1: And and did she enjoy the experience as well?
0: She did. She reached out to us afterwards and and thanked us
1: for for having her in. Good. So that was very cool. Maybe I'll get a chance to see her on on the next on the next go round. Indeed, Hopefully. you may. Yeah, that'd be good let me play I get, I get so bummed when I miss these shows you know like, it's hard man it's, it's super it's, hard. it's too hard yeah it's
0: hard let me play Angel Share which is the song that she talked about uh, the whiskey the it's a whiskey song right, basically yeah, yeah. Now, so let's play Angel Share from the board recording um, from this was from two weeks ago Would really would like to reach out to her and see what it would be like to get that out to people. So, somehow. I don't, I don't know what that would take. It just sounded so good. But It just sounded so good. Everything that came out of the board was just like magic. It was
1: awesome. That's great, man.
0: Yeah, really good. So, we had, we had a good turnout for the Saturday show as well. Uh, Corey Chambers and um, the Moonshine. About 40, some people here. And put on a great show. They were, they were awesome. They, and the auto-harp. Was another uh, yeah, thing. how was the auto harp? Very cool. She put, she put it through um, an effects loop and she had it through an amp. So she was able to do a lot of cool delays with it. Like sure. she would go <laughs> and it'd be like, bleep, 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 bleep. it really was, it was something. I, I, I want to spend more time with that um, auto harp. With that auto harp. Like lis- like listening to it back on the, on the board recording. Oh, okay. I mean, I listened to it, but I didn't have.
1: I thought you were going like, to incorporate it into your gig.
0: Well, that'd be something. <laughs> that,
2: would be something. <laughs> that would be something new.
1: Jordan is going a very different direction <laughs> this year.
2: Yeah.
0: No more acoustic, guys. Auto harp. <laughs> Let's all sit around in a circle. All the hits all the time. <laughs> <on> <laughs> Crisscross applesauce, kids. Could have played some auto harp. Uh, Michter's Straight Rye. Everybody. That's really good. All right, so let's talk about Jay Edwards, who was here on Friday of this past week.
1: Let's talk about him.
0: Yeah, so Jay, at first, I was genuinely concerned about his turnout because he had only sold 12 advanced tickets. That's not very many. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, hopefully some people will show up. Well, and 54 people showed
1: up. That's great.
0: So we had quite a good turnout considering our advanced sales. Yeah. Jay has got a voice as big as a mountain. His voice is just huge. And the people that were here, I noticed, and I, I was the one that was, I, I ran sound and took the tickets. So I was able to kind of really gauge who was here. I met them at the door mm-hmm. and listened to them in the room um, from start to finish. So the people that came in seemed to be first-timers. Most of them were first-timers. Never been here in the roasting room before. They got it right away. I mean, they were totally zoned in to the show. They didn't, you know, they weren't yapping over the, over the music. Really, none of them were. Yeah. That happens most of the time. But these are, usually that's from the people that are here, have been here before, know the routine. But to have brand new people come in and respect it right away, that's, that's really cool. Very cool to see. That's great. But he also was able to put on that kind of show. He was that captivating with his total mastery of his voice. Like, he's got a huge range. Why am, I, why am I yabbering on? I can just play right, you. Um, let's hear some Jay Edwards. I don't know what this song's called. He didn't announce it, but uh, I'm just going to call it song one off of the it, board recording.
1: It's, it's not called song one, I'm sure.
0: No, probably not. Right.
2: You didn't tell me you're going to be untrue. You didn't tell me I would go through the things I've been going Told me I'd be the one to you to always, always choose Now you're gone, baby I'm here lonely and blue Your words were passionate But didn't hold any truth Can't believe I gave my heart to such a sweet talking little thing. I found out every promise you hear it don't always mean what it seems. So good, big voice, big
0: voice, big control. He could do no wrong on stage. He was awesome. Told good stories. Just a. Dude from Arkansas, like, could just sang. sang, sang it. Sang. He made. He, I mean, he was like, you know, self-deprecating humor, like that kind of fun. It was just fun, fun to listen to him talk, tell his stories. He, he said he was within an eyelash of being the godfather of bro country, and he told us a really long story about how he was he was trying to sell a song to somebody that turned out to be like super duper bro country. He wouldn't say who it was. But he's like, man, I was really close to like being that guy that wrote the song for that guy. That So he's like, I'm glad that I didn't sell it to him. <laughs> so like, Broke, bro country. Broke country. It's yeah, he's not a huge fan of bro country. No, is
1: anybody? I don't, I don't know. Maybe.
0: If you're a fan of bro country on the podcast,
1: we apologize. <laughs> the world's most
0: disposable music. I'm sorry, it is. He said it. All right, there we go. Todd said it, disposable. I don't have a whole lot to say other than that. Um, but Jay was, he was great. Loved that guy. Cool man. He'll be back for sure, hundred percent. Talk to him and his wife, who is his manager, at right after the show, and she was like, Let's book another show. So that's that's good results. Upcoming. Griffin. Griffin. Griffin House is coming on September first. And let's let's go ahead and dig that into that interview that we did with him over the phone. Let's play it. Let's play it. Roll it. All right, we are here with Griffin House. Hey Griffin, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Welcome Great. to the podcast. Thank you. So we are, we are super psyched. You're going to be coming in on September 1st, and you've already sold like three-quarters of the room.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah.
0: yeah I don't know if, if your management told you or not, but you are selling like hotcakes down here in Bluffton, oh, South Carolina. Cool. Now, before we dig too deeply, I want, to, I want to say that we are both Miami of Ohio alums. You are? Yes. I graduated 2006. You graduated 2002 according to wikipedia you're not
3: allowed to tell anybody that. <laughs> no, i, mean, that's
2: I missed you there. i you missed, missed you by a semester
0: i missed you by a semester i was there in the fall of 2002 so we we didn't even get across paths on the on the, on the <laughs> grounds you know that
3: when i watch football games on tv the college games that i still think i'm younger than the guys on the field <laughs> that's how my mind
0: works <laughs> y- yeah yeah um, I don't want to. I don't want to get too crazy because we could talk all night just about Miami and all the fun times we had there. Yes. But um, we are psyched you're coming. Um, down to this kind of a, looks like a short southeast run. You're also going to play at Eddie's for a two like a one night two show type situation.
3: Yeah, I'm going to do a little double header there and um, do Bluffton for the first time, and then yeah. I'll come home for about a couple, I guess a week and a half, and then I'll head out to the northwest and play. Up in uh, Washington and Oregon. Sweet. Now,
0: what uh, instrumentation yeah. are you bringing with you?
3: I'll be by myself and just uh, I'll bring my harmonicas and my acoustic nice. guitar. I may sometimes I bring an electric with me. It just depends. I, I have a just a couple different guitars that I bring and uh, keep it pretty simple. I just kind of tell stories and play a lot of acoustic versions of my songs. Really talk talk to the audience quite a bit. Love Let them in. Some of the backstories on the, of the tunes.
0: People are going to eat that up yes. over here for sure. Oh, good. Yeah, man. This yeah. is the per- this is the perfect room for that. And we really did try to tailor our our room to Eddie's. It's a little smaller, but not by much. But we really we took yeah. we took that place as an inspiration for sure.
3: That's a great great spot.
0: Now, as you um, tour around, are there other listening rooms that, that you really that stood out to you? There's so many. Um,
3: to, blend together because i I still play um not i don't tour like i used to in in the early days when i was getting started but i still play about 90 shows a year so i have trouble remembering (laughs) where certain, certain places are sure but uh there's a lot of good ones um popping up is the nice nice thing and uh like i played a new room up in newark ohio interesting that just opened uh Gosh, I think this year, and it was great. It was just nice to go to a new spot and uh, check new places out. So that, uh, that that'll be an exciting thing to do uh, when I come to Bluffton. It's just see a new place that I haven't been before. Because a lot of places I go to, I've been to ten times. You know? Right? Yeah. Like I've just I've been touring for a long time, so um, I get pretty familiar with the lay of the land. And it's always a nice surprise to come check out a new room definitely well in a new town hopefully it's yeah. a it's a
0: nice surprise here
3: yes for sure can't wait to check it out
0: now let's dig in let's let's dig in kind of deep um i want to i want to talk about your discography um especially your new your latest release uh so on and so forth and i i'm i'm listening to this album in the in the headspace of of fatherhood um is that where that is did that where that headspace come from in that record
3: it definitely came from fatherhood it also came from marriage, and it also came from sobriety. Those three things are pretty big, uh, you know, life events, life changes, um, changes in direction and shift of reality. So I, uh, I had a lot to, to write about and think about in a, in a new way. And some of the songs were a little bit long time coming. The first, the first track on the record, I think, took me like three years to write. Oh, wow. Um, so <laughs> some songs come in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, and like the amount of time that it takes to write it and then other songs seem to stick around for a while and want to stay there before you they let you finish them and that was one of them wow that's it's great
0: i'm really i'm i'm looking forward to listening to some of the stories uh, that you have on the especially about this record um as you play them here but i, I really i i immediately related to this record um because i'm a, i'm a fellow father i've got three kids i'm in my 30s and I related to the, the track Further and Easy Come, Easy Go, um, through that lens especially. Those really stood out as, as like fatherhood tracks to me.
3: Yeah, they they definitely are. Uh, that's cool that you related to those two, And especially with Further, I, I can see what you're saying there. And Easy yeah. Come, Easy Go probably gets mistaken as just sort of a, a catchy little jingle, but inside of it the the lyrics are definitely saying something pretty specific so yeah and also I, I was really interested
0: and this is a kind of more of a on a production side on the track placement were you involved with the track placement as kind of a it almost feels like it flows from like an entire like a stream of consciousness type of thought like you went from waking up with responsibilities you are know, thinking about a date with your wife, with, with Paris calling. Um, then you're getting overwhelmed with, like, remedial tasks, like with further. Um, and then having a date, like uh, the painting of Hiramus Bosch. And then, like, silver lining comes in at the very end. It's, I don't know, maybe I'm reading way too deeply into your track placement, but I feel like that's, like, a full day. Of of like from start to finish, and I really did feel like that was a good. Did you even consider that when you were in the in, in the production?
3: Yeah, it took a long time sequencing it, and um, I probably I think it and overthink it and rethink it and try to make it feel like it's telling a story, and then also that you're getting a really good sense of the theme of the record when you turn it on, you know, when you first start playing it in the first few songs, and so. It was tough because I I have songs that I gravitate toward that may not be the ones that the listeners do. And um, now that the the record, there's so many different ways to go. The sequencing can really affect the way that a record is perceived. I think because totally. you're, you're always putting it in and hearing the first couple songs all the time. So, um, like if I would would have let off with maybe a couple other ones, it could have changed the whole feel of the record, for yeah. sure. So. Um, I definitely thought yesterday lies though was seemed to be sort of the centerpiece of the theme of the whole album, so mm-hmm. it, I pu- ended up putting that one first.
0: Strong choice, the best choice. <laughs> nice. Well, I definitely picked up on your on your sequencing, so uh, that's, well, that's well done. Cool.
3: Yeah, cool. That's insightful. Thanks yeah. for noticing.
0: Sure, man. <laughs> well, I, I went back all the way to the very beginning and listened to uh, at least on on iTunes beginning on uh, listen to Upland. And I could tell that that network picked you up for a reason. You really have that, has that, I feel like they have a very specific sound, and you totally fit that sound that they were looking for. How did they get a hold of your material?
3: I remember getting a uh, a message, and I think it was either on Christmas Eve or maybe even Christmas Day or the day after Christmas. I just know it was right around the holiday because I was at my grandma's house, my grandma and grandpa's house, and they... They had one of those first Macintosh computers that looked like a big blue cube, kind of. Yeah. When Apple first started coming out, it was the iMac, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember get, sitting down and getting an email on that thing from Terry at Network, and he was um, he had got my record that I just recorded in Nashville and um, wanted to sign me immediately, I guess, because it was we knew that for sure since it was coming through like around on Christmas Day or something. Nice. <laughs> so. I think um, I made a record here in town, and back in those days, uh, it was sort of like when the major labels really were courting a lot of people, and um, if there was a buzz about an artist in town somewhere, they would come calling, and they would, you know, fly you out to L.A. or New York to play for the presidents of the company, and um, that was just a situation where I'd I'd had a a lawyer and some connections in town, and I think Network was flying people into Nashville to scout out artists, and... um, one of the representatives there had heard my music and i think taken my uh, songs to the, the head of the company up there and he fell in love i guess with one of my songs called tell me a lie and it was um really like one of the first songs i wrote in nashville that felt like it had a real um i guess maybe a little bit of a songwriting maturity to it like i kind of i'd been in bands and i'd written songs before but somehow I finally wrote a song that felt like I'd really accomplished something, and it was neat for him to recognize that. And I thought, well, I feel good about going with these people because he's, he's sort of, uh, kind of like you said you noticed on the sequencing, he sort of took notice yeah. about something that I considered to be a, uh, an accomplishment. So kind of all started there, and then I worked with them for, uh, I think, about seven years, and then eventually just kind of went separate ways. But, uh, yeah, we had a good partnership for a while.
0: Yeah, well, I noticed that you um, you you released Lost and Found in two thousand and four, but then you you went to your own imprint. Was this by choice? Did you decide? Let's. I'm just gonna start self releasing things. Did you have a good connection with with someone in distribution? How did that how did that work out for you?
3: They had their own imprint and network, which is kind of interesting. Like I would, I only licensed a couple of records to their label, and I was so I was on mainly the management side, and then I gave network a couple of my records to license for a while and um and then with the other ones i i always owned those masters so i still own all my masters of every record i've ever made i'm still still the owner of those that's awesome and uh i guess after working with that company for a while it felt like things had gone well for a period of time and then they sort of reached a a little bit of a a standstill or maybe just a fork in the road where we kind of thought um you know we either need to go this direction or or go another direction. And so I, I just ended up going a different way. And, uh, that was kind of when I started, um, just doing things. I started thinking about things a little bit differently. And, uh, I had a, got married and started having a family. And so going out on the road, you know, either on a, trying to go on a tour bus or packing in a van with six guys and making a record every year and then touring the record for two months, was just not going to work for me right. as a, a, as a lifestyle anymore, mm-hmm. um, to be able to have a family and, do that. So I kind of with all the things I was going through, uh, sobriety was also a big game changer for me. I needed to take time to like change a lot of things about my life. So I just ended up kind of making my own schedule and going out and playing a lot of shows on my own, which is still kind of a big reason why I do that. It just um, became more apparent that if I was going to go keep playing my music and playing my songs for people, I needed to do it in a way that was healthy for me as well so that's kind of how i fell into doing things a little bit more on my own and uh just doing what i needed to do to keep keep playing songs for people yeah. and not give up entirely right so right yeah that's that's fascinating now you've yeah. you,
0: you've opened for all kinds of people uh and and played and shared the stage with and shared bills with Ron Sexsmith John uh, Josh Ritter Matt Kearney uh, you toured with with Jewel recently did, did any of these any of these performers did, did they rub off on you? Did they have any like their approach to songwriting, did they share any of that with you? Did that make you change or even consider writing things in a new way?
3: Well it's been it's been quite a while since I've I did open for Jewel last year for, for a while, but most of the opening that, that I did was when I was first getting started and mm-hmm. um getting out there and I as like a twenty four year old, like really competitive guy, like my mission was to go out and just like kick everybody's butts <laughs> like, right. that, that was my mentality like mm-hmm. i wasn't thinking i was just sort of like an arrogant 24 year old it's like i just i was in a funny headspace and so even if i was opening for john Mellencamp, i was thinking like how am i going to steal the show <laughs> and it's like so so silly because it's like how do i steal the show uh without any hit songs <laughs> any fame any popularity any of that how do i go out here and make these people like pick up my record and make some new fans. So I always had some creative ways of doing that, but I guess I um, I was telling somebody that story about the John Mellencamp tour the other day where I was so nervous to open for him. It was like the largest crowd I'd ever played for, 5,000 people, and I um, I went out and told the audience I was nervous and told them I was going to put down my guitar and go behind the curtain, and when I came out, if they could just pretend that they were there to see me Play just for 45 minutes and just go totally crazy when I walked out. And so I, I could feel what it would feel like to have 5,000 screaming fans. So I did this, and the whole the whole Melon Camp crew was like, What the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> and I walked out, and they, everybody just went nuts and threw their hands up in the air and they turned the lights on. And oh, it was man. just so, so much fun. And um, so I, it, it always felt like I was just. I had fun with it from, you know, from the very beginning, like opening up for people and Mm -hmm. just really loved doing it. And I loved the challenge of trying to go out in front of a crowd um, that didn't know me and trying to get them to find something um, about my music that connected with them. And I always, that was sort of an art in itself um, that I really enjoyed doing for a number of years. And I, a lot of that I did, playing solo acoustic so that's kind of another reason why i probably end up doing a lot of that now because when i was opening they didn't want you to have a big band to come out you just kind of had to go do it on your own so um but yeah I, i learned a lot from opening for a lot of from a lot of those people and i loved watching jewel perform last year that was so such a treat to get to see her sing and tell her stories and get to know her more last year but uh yeah, a lot of a lot of great people on on that list, and yeah, um, P- Patty Scalfo was one of the first people I opened for. Yeah, um, no and Met Springsteen on that, uh, spent some nights with Bruce Springsteen on that tour. That is at a, at a really Whoa. early age, so just <laughs> lots of lots of fun experiences, especially just the first couple of years of starting out. So it was a nice way to be encouraged that uh, maybe I was. On the right road and doing Definitely. what I was supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, man, and just just a kid from Springfield, for goodness sakes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome, man. We're so psyched. We're we're just over the moon that you're going to be coming here, um, and next week. And uh, any any parting thoughts?
3: Thanks for letting me blabber on. <laughs> oh come on, man. John, John Mellencamp <laughs> stories. But, totally. Uh, yeah, thanks for calling, and sure, I can't wait to come come check it out. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, Griffin, uh, we will see you in two weeks. Uh, We'll be here with bells on.
3: Sounds great. Thanks so much for your time.
1: Thanks, Griffin. Thanks, Griffin.
0: What a good dude. Griffin House, pro. Total pro, but also just a down-to-earth guy. Just a great songwriter.
1: Yeah. I mean, nobody knows all of the musicians out there, and Griffin, Griffin House just totally slipped by me, but... I'm going to dig into his into his music because he seems extremely interesting. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, been around long enough to... Yeah, he's not
1: a kid. Yeah. ...know exactly
0: what yeah. he's doing. So his show has already sold a lot. So if you want to check out his show, you had better go to RoastingRoomLounge.com, click yeah. on some tickets, or they're going to be gone. And we're probably... I don't know if we're going to even do standing tickets for this type of show. I think we're going to just leave it at sitting, uh, sitting Room. It's probably a smart idea. And just... Because it's going to be... Conversational. The show is going to be very intimate, conversational.
1: Well, and when people stand, sometimes they're more distracted and more, yeah, not pay attention. Tom foolery. Right. Tom foolery. <laughs> yeah. So I think
0: we'll, we'll cut it off at 75. So get on it. If get on it. it. We're unveiling a sponsor that show as well. We can't unveil it. We can't talk about it now,
1: though. I'm Sure, we can. Oh, it's yeah. so exciting. All right. We're well, yeah.
0: good. Let's, let's unveil it. But we are doing um, a sponsorship with the Bluffton Sun, the paper. Yeah. B.J. Frazier, who is the um, editor-in-chief the Bluffton Sun and the Hilton Head Sun, they are um, going to be a, a partner for us, a monthly partner. Great. So they are going to start September 1. And I said, you've got a table reserved for you for Griffin House. They said, awesome. So the Bluffton Sun, everyone's favorite paper that goes directly into their mailbox. Just shows up. I, w- I always read it. I, yeah.
1: o- I honestly do. It's good writing. It's, it's, it goes, it's a it good goes paper. directly to everyone's mailbox.
0: How awesome is that? It is. Advertise with the Bluffton Sun, friends. All right, you should. We do. We do. Corner Perk has been doing it since they started. The Bluffton Sun's the only thing they do for print. Yeah. It works. We're yep. still here, so it works. Yep. Causation.
1: <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it's one for one. Bluffton Sun.
0: So anyway, we're going to unveil them on September 1st.
1: Right. Well, they've been unveiled now. In front of people. Oh. In a, in a more grandiose kind of Absolutely. way.
0: Absolutely. Good. We do We do the full... The full Unveiling with a with burlap sack and all that stuff. You yeah. think I'm kidding? No, no,
1: no. I actually, I've seen you on. Un- I've seen. Yeah, you unveil. we do it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's got to be something. I got to do you something. Do. It's, it's make them feel it's special. They're nice. special. They are special. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what's next? Uh, yeah, Evan Bartels. Evan. Yeah, Evan
0: Bartels is coming on on Saturday, September second, and he's got Brad Loretty, um opening for him. Brad Loretti is the kind of the mastermind behind the band This Frontier Needs Heroes who played here last year. Evan Bartels, who I don't think they even know each other, but Brad reached out to me about opening for him. But this dude is straight up, I mean, if you look at his poster, it's straight up old school Americana. Like about as old school as you can possibly get. Big voice, great songs. Another one of those things where it's just it's going to sneak up on you. The, one of those type of shows that you're like, I have no idea who this person is.
1: Unknown, but... Should be known That's what I love about the roasting room I mean, I love a lot of things But I love that you can come in here And treat it like going to see an independent film Or, you know, you don't need to know any any backstory You just know it's going to be good and interesting And it's a great resource for Bluffton I'm glad it's here Thanks, Todd I I agree Yeah. All right. well Have we said what we needed to say? I'm going to pick a song for you this week Yeah! That's what I was looking for I'm going to
0: pick a song I was listening to T.W. Walsh Who I sent you a picture of him. Remember when Trevor said before he fell ill, he said, we should take pictures of our records that we listen to and send them to each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent you T.W. Walsh because that's kind of all that's been stuck on my record player recently.
1: Let's hear some T.W. Walsh. I'm going to pull up
0: T.W. Walsh because I love him. And if Trevor were here, he would look him up and tell me more about him. He would tell you more about him. I went to his Bandcamp page and, and bought the the album called Terrible Freedom. Just got it in the mail, I don't know, f- 4 or 5 days ago. And I've been listening to it on repeat. Just keeps just keep flipping it over, keep flipping dropping the over, needle. Yeah. My favorite track on that one is the title track, Terrible Freedom. It's I don't know, catches me in the right way. Um but I'm going to leave you with this one.
1: And are these guys within the scope of possibility for a roasting room, or are they they bigger?
0: That's a good question. I think that T.W. would be just on the cusp of being too big. Yeah. Although, he barely ever tours. And when he does, it's hard to tell who he's playing with, because he does a lot of his own production. He's a mastering engineer by like trade. That's what he does all day long. So he does all the instruments, sings all the songs... Does all the production, does all the mixing, and does all the mastering for himself. Wow! So all of these are totally in house. He does it all. But Graveface in Savannah is one of his distribution labels.
1: Hmm. It's, so he is from Savannah.
0: No. No. I want to say somewhere in uh, northeast, somewhere. Okay. I don't know exactly where. I, I don't know. I don't know if he would. I don't know if he would do it or not. It'd be cool if he would, but. I don't. I don't know how it would be received here, and you might hear it here, and be like, "Oh, yeah, probably not."
1: Dude, I have. I have faith in our listening room here. I mean, they can. They can handle a lot.
0: I don't know. Well, (laughs) let's see if they can handle "Terrible Freedom" off of the album. "Terrible Freedom." out there it's trancy it's cool his sound has has evolved a bit songs of pain and leisure which is the album another album that i've been listening to like crazy is a departure from that this was this was his newest that we just listened to but this one that i'm talking about now is from 2011 yeah but it's it's a more acoustic kind of thing sad like
1: really (laughs) sad So if my wife calls, like the music that I listen to is sad bastard music. (laughs) Isn't that sad bastard music? Yeah. Well, that's
0: this would this would be right up your alley, Todd. Great. The song that I'm thinking of, and this was this could be a human thing, this could be a musician's thing. I'm not sure. Okay. But I attach music to the tasks that I'm doing. Okay. Like if I'm doing a task and I'm listening to a song, I will remember that task if I listen to a song again later on. Have you ever experienced that?
1: No, not no. so much. I mean, I mean, sure, mi- you know, periods of my life, but not specific moments, not so much.
0: I can remember listening to Corey Chisel, um, "Born Again," when I was painting my garage. Oh yeah, in I my know. previous okay. house.
1: Yeah, sure. Painting for some reason, I can. I painted my living, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, I, I I have several songs that that are painting that living painting room songs. <laughs> songs. Yeah. I, I know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny.
0: But if you listen to the song again, you'll be like, "Oh, I'm gotta paint the garage," or like, <laughs> "Oh man, I remember, I remember the shade of color that I was using." Like, it's I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's a human thing or if that's just the attachment know. to I don't know. But anyway, I was doing some work in the house, and this song "Struggle and Strife, which is the last song off that album, we're gonna came listen on. to another one. No, oh, we I'm can a, if you want. I guess to. we can if we wanted to. It's, there's no rules. Yeah, let's do it. It's go good. struggle go and strive. <laughs> do it, man. <laughs> just do it. Alright, let's listen to Stuck, uh, Struggle and Strife off of Songs of Pain and Leisure just because we
2: can. Pack my bags and the trip began Showed up ready for the full body scan Flashed my smile at a skirt on the plane Free newspaper and a glass of
0: champagne. Sad bastard music. No,
2: no, it sounds good. It
1: sounds it's nice. Oh, yeah. man,
0: so good. His, his lyric structure is awesome. He's got a lot to say. It's all sad stuff.
1: <laughs> but that's all right. It's good. Sad is, salad, sad is valid. Sad is... You were about to
0: say salad. sad. Sad sad,
1: salad. <laughs> Sad is valid. Sad is, 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 is a reasonable thing. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Right, anyway, we've rambled on quite a bit, we tonight, have,
0: haven't we? We have, but it was fun. You it know, was it fun. was fun. It was fun. We laughed. We cried. Well, you cried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to Griffin. We talked to Griffin. Yeah, we talked about good shows. There's a lot of cool stuff coming, guys. September is going to just blow people's doors off.
1: I'm psyched. Yeah. I feel good about it. It's going to be a great, great fall. It's gonna be a good year. Do you feel like that, Jordan? Dude. Do you feel like uh, like yeah. maybe it's a solar eclipse thing. But I, I feel like I feel like things are changing. Okay. And it's gonna get better. Is that okay? I like your attitude. I I, I honestly sincerely believe that. I think things are changing, and they're getting better. I know that's super vague and super weird, but I feel it so deeply good yeah. man yeah.
0: that's that's a good attitude to have definitely I, yeah it is i mean the contrary is would be bad <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> bad todd i had fun talking to you tonight man
1: yeah likewise man
0: i miss trevor but yeah i miss him, it's too. okay that's okay he'll, be, talk, back. he'll be back yeah he'll be back trevor we miss you buddy all right hey roasting room soundboard podcast i'm jordan ross i'm todd cowart when you clap
1: clap on the two and the four do it